Welcome to Environment Matters with me, Amanda Yorworth. Environment Matters is the show that brings you news on issues of sustainability and the environment from around St Albans and from further afield. Now, the extreme weather that climate change scientists have been predicting has really been evident recently, going from soaring temperatures of early August to some unseasonably chilly nights recently, then from a drenching winter to a dry-as-a-bone spring, and then back to torrential storms, this time with added wind. And the poor allotmenteers at Burydell Allotments, down near the Vair in Park Street, have been bearing the brunt of this, going down to check their plots to find their allotments totally flooded. Fortunately, the water levels have dropped now, but many crops have been lost and a lot of hard work has been wasted. My heart goes out to them. There is nothing so dispiriting, really feel for you. Now, it's not been an easy year for the Hearts and Middlesex Wildlife Trust either, but undeterred, they've made exciting plans for the autumn. I spoke to Frida Rummenhall of Hearts and Middlesex Wildlife Trust to find out more. Frida, thank you very much indeed for joining me. So, I mean, it's not been an easy year for anyone, but at the Hearts and Middlesex Wildlife Trust, you've had some particular problems, haven't you? Do tell us about some of the difficulties that you've had this year. Yeah, I mean, obviously it hasn't been easy for anyone. um, But yeah, at the Trust, sadly, we have seen a large number of uh, vandalism, antisocial behaviour, littering uh, during the month of lockdown. So this got to the point where um, during April, May and June, so in three months, we saw the amount of antisocial behaviour that we would normally see in a whole year. And um, that obviously costs a lot of money uh, to clear up things, to repair things, and that does get taken away from protecting wildlife. Um, we did uh, had to cancel a lot of events, a lot of fundraising activities as a charity. Um, as many people will know, it's, it's not very easy, and we are currently expecting um, over a quarter of a million pounds of loss in income this year. Right. So, so you've you've faced increased costs because you've had a lot of, as you say, a lot of repairing and tidying up to do that you would not normally expect, and therefore, and you've also suffered a loss of income as well. So that's a bit like a double whammy, isn't it? That's exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It came yeah. all in in these months. <laughs> Indeed, but it's not been all doom and gloom, though, has it? You have had some great successes too. Tell us some about the some of the positive things this year. Absolutely. I mean, it's definitely we had uh, we have very, um, we have launched uh, an appeal to help make up for the costs, and we have received incredible support by our members and by the public, and um, they have all raised over fifty thousand pounds to help us get through this crisis. Um, in April, we have launched the Wild at Home campaign. Um, where we were providing people who are stuck in lockdown, stuck at home, not being able to get out with um, resources and activities and inspiration to how to connect to wildlife from the safety of their homes. And we have Frida, had- tell me, Frida, tell me, did that go down well? Did you get much feedback from that? We had an incredible feedback. It was, we had such a great response. And because I was quite invested in myself, um, I it, it made me so happy to see all the responses, to see the emails from people saying, oh, this helped me so much. This helped keep the little ones busy. The, the feedback was overall so positive and it looks like it definitely hit a nerve and it was exactly what people needed at that time. I mean, yes, um, and, luckily... And probably- 
I was going to say Frida, and, and probably also fed into our increased interest in wildlife and things around us. We suddenly had time to, to notice all the lovely things that the Wildlife Trust have been talking about for a very long time. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I believe so. So people, uh, all of a sudden, they noticed all these things in their garden, all these butterflies and bees and flowers popping up, and then they wanted to know more. So we had lots of lots of sign-ups, and lots of people received our emails, and they interacted with us on social media, and they shared their their arts and crafts challenges and they watched our wildlife TED Talks and everyone was really excited and so interested in wildlife and that made me really happy. <laughs> That's brilliant. That's really good. Um, there have been some really good things on your reserves as well. Tell us about the, the pigs who've come uh, come to help out. <laughs> the pigs, yes, our four-legged colleagues. So at Amwell Nature Reserve, um, we have a group of um pigs so those are being used in conservation grazing um that's quite a common thing that we do with uh normally with uh sheep or uh, cattle uh, but sometimes we also use pigs so the pigs are um, currently on the uh, little island in front of the main viewpoint at Amwell nature reserves and um their task is to literally dug into the earth to root about to um, just turn over the earth um, to make a nice little muddy habitat. Uh, it sounds very complicated, but basically what they're doing is just uh, turning every everything and making a bit of a mess, uh, which pigs like to do, and they are actually doing a really good job at the moment. Um, so that would so, be... So will this, will, will this create a, a habitat for anything in particular? Yeah, so that creates a habitat for waders such as uh, a lapwing or little ring plover, which we had uh, quite a success this year. So um, little ring plover is a small wader and they nest in these bare areas. Um, as such, they're quite vulnerable to predation. And when we noticed that the um, that they were nesting, we, we put a protective cage over the nest so that the eggs wouldn't get predated. And the chicks have hatched. And as far as I'm informed, they're doing quite well. I'm not sure that they're, they're, they're not out of the woods yet. That sounds, uh, well, that's really good. We're keeping our fingers crossed for, for them. And it sounds like the pigs are, are doing um, a really, uh, a really great job there. Um, and then also, you've, uh, you've got a photo competition, which is running as well. Tell us a little bit about that. We do. So after all these months of worry, um, I think we can all use a bit uh, upbeat happiness and everyone likes a good wildlife photo so uh, on world photography day on 19th of august we have launched uh wild snaps our photography competition um it is running until the 13th of september and we're inviting all hobby amateur photographers to submit their photos uh, we do have some prizes to be won kindly sponsored by octicron uh, for wildlife watching equipment and um, after that the photos will be put to a public vote and the winner will also be featured on our uh, membership magazine uh, issue in winter wildlife matters and obviously win a 300 pound voucher uh, sponsored by octicron well, that sounds fantastic. Um, and do you have different age groups for that or is that just one age group for That's everybody? That's just one category. Now everyone can take part. If you're under 18, you're welcome to take part. But uh, we're assuming that you've got the consent of your uh, parents. But uh, yeah, it's it's for hobby photographers only. So all the professional photographers would probably create a 
bit of an unfairness yes. in that competition. Be, <laughs> there's other comp- there's other competitions for them, aren't they? And that's exactly. lovely. So you'll have us all voting on the on all the fabulous photos to, to find a winner. Well, I look forward to seeing those because that does sound that does sound good. And as you say, we all so love a good wildlife I, yeah. <laughs> photo, don't we? Um, you've got some other good news as well. Um, you've uh, you've got the start of um, another three years of your Go Wild um, scheme. You've got funding for that. That's quite an exciting project, isn't it? It is, yeah. So the Girl World at Hudnell Park. Uh, so Hudnell Park is near Himmel Hempstead, and the aim of that project is to um, to get younger people connected to wildlife, to get them out, to help with conservation work, um, and that that's been working quite well. And we're really excited to get going with that for another three years. But also, we, I mean all of the staff, they have been hardworking in the last couple of months and um, we've got so many exciting things coming up. Not all of them I can talk about yet, but um, we in uh, Pansanger Park, for example, we, uh, we are looking for a people and wildlife officer for the next five years to look uh, after the habitat there, but also to engage the local community. We have started lots of great partnerships um, of local businesses such as you, you will surely know Tommy and Lottie and Abigail's food truck who have launched a fantastic um, bee collection uh, of which one one pound per item is donated to the trust. They also I raise... saw that Tommy, Tommy and Lottie, that there's a lovely, lovely T-shirt. Uh, yes, beautiful exactly. Beautiful bee embroidery. It looks fantastic. It and of course, all ethical as well. Yes, exactly. And they're local business. So we love working together with local businesses because they are working in the local community uh, of which we are as a charity also part of um and we've got another fantastic partnership with home farm glamping so that's near Boreham wood and they have a fantastic glamp site um and they denied uh, three pounds per booking for 2020 donate to the trust and they also they run lots of wildlife discovery activities so it's all set in uh, stunning woodland and fields and it's absolutely beautiful there and that uh, does, I saw a picture of that Frida that does look really very nice doesn't it it looks you know? really nice yeah <laughs> even so close to home it looks like a really relaxing lovely place to to spend a few nights so that, that definitely that's great. does yeah can definitely recommend yeah well, it sounds like you've been very busy there creating partnerships and um you know helping to raise a bit more cash as you say you you've been a bit uh, a bit challenged uh, on that front um and you've also got talking about challenges you've got the chess valley challenge coming up tell us about that yeah so the chess valley challenge we have started last year and that went down really well um it's a 10 mile walk it's a 10 mile sponsored walk for the whole family um so we had to cancel it in june due to the pandemic um but we're now back on for the 27th of september and it's a beautiful walk through the chess valley that is from rickmansworth to chesham and it's passing our nature reserve Frogmore Meadows, which is a beautiful wildflower meadow, um, picturesque villages, country pubs, everything you could ask for. And people can sign up and ideally, if they want, uh, can raise funds for wildlife as a bit of a challenge. And if the little legs can't make 10 miles, there are shorter options available as well. 
Well, that sounds really good. And the, and by the Chess is beautiful. It's another of these lovely chalk stream mm. rivers, isn't it? So a really special place to go for a walk. And, and perhaps actually from St. Albans, it's yeah. a little bit out of your your, your normal uh, um, normal range of walks. So something a little bit different over there as well. And you say raising money for um, for a great cause there. And how do we sign up for that? Where do we find out more? Uh, you can find out more on our website at heartswildlifetrust.org.uk. Lovely. Brilliant. Well, Frida, so good to catch up with you. So good to hear about lots of positive stuff going on on the wildlife front um, in and around Hertfordshire. And uh, we look forward to uh, to hearing well about the photo competition, about the, the, how the Chess Valley Challenge goes and all the rest of your news uh, in a few weeks' time. Frida, thank you very much indeed for joining me today. Thank you for having me, Amanda. I was talking there to Frida Rummenhall of the Hearts and Middlesex Wildlife Trusts. And you'll want to know that the Hearts and Middlesex Wildlife Trusts are delighted to be working in partnership with the Hornbeamwood Hedgehog Sanctuary to offer a couple of their ever popular introduction to hedgehog events. Now you'll learn basic hedgehog facts, where they live, what they eat, the problems facing hedgehogs and why they're in decline. You'll receive practical advice about how to help hedgehogs in your garden and find out about basic hedgehog care and handling. And best of all, if a rescue hedgehog is available, you'll get to meet him or her and see where they're being nursed back to health before being released. Now, there's a workshop on the 1st of September aimed at families and there's an adult-only workshop on the 15th of September. Now, these events are always popular, so do go to the Hearts and Middlesex Wildlife Trust website to book your place. And there's a charge and proceeds as shared between the two charities. In other news, um, Extinction Rebellion say that um, last Friday, 20 Extinction Rebellion climate activists blocked access to the Bunsfield Oil Depot. Um, That's just on the outskirts of Hemel. Six activists lay down outside the site access road and used lock-on devices to prevent them from being moved. Um, Extinction Rebellion say that Bunsfield Depot, um, one of the largest in the UK, stores and supplies hundreds of millions of litres of fuel per year. Many of us will remember that it was the site of Europe's largest peacetime explosion back in um, 2005 with flames hundreds of feet high and smoke visible from space. What you might not know is that Bunsfield Depot is one of the largest of its kind in the UK with underground pipelines supplying aviation fuel to Gatwick and Heathrow airports. No, I didn't know that. Um, Extinction Rebellion say that Bunsfield was rebuilt despite strong objections from local businesses and the community. Um, Craig Scudder of Harpenden said our government has set a target of net zero emissions by 2050. Science tells us that it's totally inadequate by ignoring the science. Our government is failing in its most basic duty to protect our citizens. And Nigel Harvey, who's appeared on Environment Matters before, also of Extinction Rebellion, um, said every litre of fuel produced produces uh, 2.5 kilograms of carbon dioxide and Bunsfield has a storage capacity of 65 million litres. The carbon footprint of this site is appallingly high. The only way we're going to address the climate emergency is to rapidly reduce our use of fuels stored at Bunsfield. The activists say that they um, used relevant PPE and social distancing as appropriate to help ensure COVID-19 compliance. Now, if you missed the show two weeks ago where I spoke to Nigel Harvey of Sixteenth. 
sorry, St Albans Extinction Rebellion about their plans to hit the headlines in September, then um, do head to the podcast page of RadioVolum.com where you can find out what they've got planned and how you can be involved, even if you're not the banner-waving type. Apparently there's lots of ways that uh, you can support the cause. And last week's show is one you definitely won't want to miss if you ever thought about going solar. Head to radioverulam.com forward slash podcast and find out how solar panels are about to become a lot more affordable if you live around here. Now, it's always good to hear from you. Get in touch via Twitter at RV underscore environment. Uh, there's the Environment Matters Facebook page. You can message us there or drop me a line on amanda at radiovolum.com if you've got a comment about the show or anything you'd like me to cover. Right, well, I'm off to practice my wildlife shots, ready to take part in the Wild Snaps competition. I'll be back at the same time next week when I'll be hearing from national campaigner Sir Rod King and local campaigner Colin Hodge about why 20's plenty for Hertfordshire. Until then, thank you for listening.